This is Living Lean, the show that teaches you how to apply the science of nutrition and training to sustainably create your leanest, strongest body and build the most confident version of yourself. I'm your host, Jeremiah Bear. Let's get into the show. Yo, welcome back. Today, I am sharing a guest episode I did with my mentor client, Jeff, on his recently started podcast, The Mind Muscle Connection. So I'm very stoked to share this one because we deep dive into body recomposition, which is one of my favorite topics to talk about and really nerd out on when we're really diving into the science of training and nutrition specifically for body recomposition. But two, because I'm super proud of my dude, Jeff, it's been cool to watch him grow over the last couple months, both literally and figuratively as a coach, watch his coaching service expand and really see all the personal development work that he's done. So I know you'll love this episode. Without any further ado, let's get into it. All right, guys, welcome to the uh, first ever podcast of the mind muscle connection and uh today i'm super pumped to have on a awesome guest uh jeremiah bear um from barefit um he's a uh, a world-class coach he's uh, posted in mind pump before um he also has uh, many clients uh, that he's working with currently also works with uh, some coaches he's actually my coach too as well um helping me grow my business and he got me ready for a photo shoot um, so Jeremiah, welcome on. Thanks for being the uh, the first guest of the podcast. Dude, it is an honor. I couldn't be more excited, one, to see you have this platform because I know you're going to crush it. Uh, it's been cool to watch you grow over the last couple of months, dude. Um, very much to, you have so much knowledge, man, nutrition, training, and even like lifestyle outside of that, you have so much to give people. So it gets me fired up to see you take all of this to a bigger platform. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. And and it is a, a big step for me to to make this podcast. And you've definitely been the person that has pushed me to do this and uh, got me outside my comfort zone the last uh, few months. So I appreciate that and uh, super pumped to, to dig into this today. Um, real quick, though, for people that aren't um, too familiar with you, uh, can you give a little just brief background on, on what you do and, and kind of uh, just go into a little bit more detail on that? For yeah, absolutely. Listeners? So... As you said, I am an online coach. I'm originally from Nebraska. I'm currently based in Scottsdale. Um, I have an assistant coach underneath me, and we love working with, we work with many intermediate to advanced gin pop clients and coaches. So, of course, we help people from all walks of life, but we very much specialize in like slightly more advanced individuals that really want to learn, like nerd out over the science of things. Cool. Awesome. Um, so intermediate advanced. So that's probably people that are like, you know, they're, they're not, that's not their first time being in the gym. You know, they've, they've, they've gone out of their way to, to lift for, for quite some time. Exactly. Exactly. So I would say like our ideal or our typical client is like someone who's already working very hard in the gym. Now, like if you and I were to dive into the most science backed program, are they following that? Maybe not. But again, like the effort is there. They're typically working their asses off in the gym. They're typically, typically like, Hey, I'm already eating clean or I'm trying to track my macros, but I'm just not achieving the outcomes that I want. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, awesome. Well, so today I wanted to go over something that I think is, uh, you know, we get a lot of questions on it and so it's, it's body recomposition, right? So, uh, I think this is something I feel like it's been, I've been seeing it a lot more lately for some reason. I mean, it's always been around, but, uh, and I know that you've been doing some stuff with Chris Bearcat lately right. on it. And so uh, I wanted, I thought that this would be a good topic to, to start out with for people. So uh, let's, let's dig into it. So basically the first thing is, you know, if you could just give everybody a brief, a, a brief background on uh, what is body, comp- body recomposition exactly. So in a nutshell, body recomposition is losing fat and building muscle at the same time, which is basically what we all want all the time, right? We all want to get more jacked and get leaner at the same time. Now, there is a lot of, you'll hear, like I know for the longest time when I was first getting into training and nutrition, everyone was saying, okay, you have to either be building muscle and eating in a surplus or losing fat, but you can't do both at the same time. Where And like Barricad is such a great resource on this because he's actually spearheading a lot of the research 
and showing more and more that it is actually very doable. And I know like this is something that I've experienced firsthand and this is probably the case for you as well. Shit, I know this is the case for you as well. How many clients do you bring on board that are even like similar to what we're talking about before kind of fall in like that. If we look at training age, kind of that intermediate category or even advanced, like they've been training for a long time, but still for most individuals, like when they get dialed in on training, nutrition, lifestyle, and it's all very cohesively put together to push them towards one specific goal. Almost, I don't want to say almost everyone, but many, many people are very capable of building muscle and losing fat at the same time. And I got a bit ahead of myself there, but basically, yeah, it's building muscle, losing fat within the same time frame. Now, that said again, like there are a couple of different ways we could go about it. And again, I'm imagining we'll dive into this a little bit later in the show, but it's not necessarily like, Hey, you built a ton of muscle and you lost 10 pounds of fat, right? Like you built 10 pounds of muscle, you lost 10 pounds of fat. If we look at this overall as, Hey, you are decreasing your body fat percentage and you're increasing muscle. An example I always use, let's say we have a 150 pound woman right now. She has 120 pounds of lean mass. So skeletal mass, organs, muscle tissue, et cetera. She has 30 pounds of fat mass. If she hops on board and we don't put her in a deficit at all, we keep her in a very slight surplus. We bump up her protein. Likely we likely go a little bit lower fat, higher carb. And we push her to over the next three months, she builds, let's say seven pounds of muscle. So now she weighs 157 pounds. She has 137 pounds of, or 127 pounds of lean mass instead of 120 still 30 pounds of fat mass, her overall body fat percentage is still lower. So one thing that when we're talking about body recomposition, it's not necessarily just you lose a ton of fat. And honestly, I would argue for most individuals, the most dramatic body recompositions you see are typically from people that have like, and again, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but for most people, it's more, most of the time it's more like we went harder focusing on building muscle. And that's where the most dramatic body recomp effects came from rather than you just lost a ton of fat. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot there. And like, that's why I wanted to bring this uh, topic up because there is so much to go over with it, you know? So, um, and, and basically I'm sure you've heard it. The body recomposition is called basically, you know, that's like the Holy grail of fitness, right? You're, right. you're losing body fat and gaining muscle at the same time. Um, so yeah, a couple, uh, and you kind of dug into it there a little bit, but one thing I want to get into is, you know, who, who is more likely to be able to, to do this. And so I know you briefly hit on it, but I know there are definitely people that can, they're, you know, they're more likely to lose body fat and build muscle at the same time. And so I think that it's a good idea to kind of go into a little bit more detail on, uh, you know, who, who, who that is. Okay, absolutely. So the kind of rate limiters here are, the longer you've been following a smart training program super consistently, the harder it will be for you to recall. Um, the more body fat you have, the easier it'll be for you to recall. So on the flip side, if you're super lean, it'll be a little bit harder as well. And I would also say like the longer you've had like very goal specific nutrition, kind of all these factors that have in place at once done a good job managing your lifestyle. So sleep, stress, et cetera. The longer all these factors have been dialed in, the harder it'll be. But again, when we're looking at like who's capable of recomp, like again, like we were talking about before, the thing is like most individuals that start coaching with either of us, for example, haven't ever had all those factors dialed in at once. And that's the cool thing about coaching is we can see so many people that will like, again, like I'm already pretty experienced, but now my nutrition, my macros actually align with my goals. So I'm capable of recomping. Really, I look at it. I like to call this the body recomposition trinity. There's like three most common examples of body recomposition that we'll see. So one, we have people that actually build muscle and lose fat at the same time. So a good example of this would actually be like that individual I was talking about before. So typically this is like someone who's doing CrossFit or Orange Theory or something like that. Like they're already training hard, but it's kind of based on intensity rather than, as you know, like what you truly need to simulate hypertrophy, which is going to be like effective reps, um, typically training in the five to 30 rep range, et cetera. Um, they're typically with their nutrition going to be 
like maybe I'm eating clean, but not actually tracking my overall calorie intake or macros. Maybe I just don't really know what I'm doing with my nutrition as a whole. So typically like they're just pushing themselves very hard, focusing on intensity. So with individuals like that, when we shift them to a smarter, more bodybuilding-esque approach of training, they can typically build a good amount of muscle right out of the gate. When we get their nutrition on point, they can also lose a good amount of fat right out of the gate. From there, the next most common one is going to be someone that gains weight, but body fat stays the same. So again, this individual that is building a lot of muscle. And this is typically, honestly, I would say these two are both like hand in hand as far as the most common forms I see this take. More and more, like when someone starts a body recomposition or hops on board for a body recomposition process, I will push them to build. Because the reality is like, when we're looking at clients, like real life application, when we're looking at clients that are hopping on board, it's very common that someone like, hey, I have 50 pounds to lose, but I just want to do a slow recomp, right? Like those, I want to go all in a fat loss in that case. Most people that are chasing their body recomposition will kind of describe themselves as skinny fat, which is exactly what we're talking about here. Now, for those individuals, more often than not, they'll often be stuck in this mindset, like, I just need to lose more fat. I just need to lose more fat. But we can almost always tell, like, yo, actually, the answer for you is to build more muscle. Your physique, and this is very true for women and men alike, building more muscle is actually the key to achieving the physique you want. So more often than not, for individuals like that, like I can think of, like my client, Eric, is one that comes to mind right out of the gate. Dude that started with me what I believe it's at 16 weeks now. Um, and his goal was initially to lose a lot of body fat, but he, he also wanted to do like his goal is a body recomposition. His main focus was like, I want to diet down to X body fat percentage. And actually like I said, all right, dude, we're going to push you in the complete opposite direction. Actually, like from your progress pictures, I think the biggest thing to achieve the physique you want is actually going to be building muscle. So in the last four months, I wish I could actually pull his progress pictures up on the screen because he looks so much different. He looks leaner and he's so much more muscular. The thing is, he hasn't dieted this entire time. This whole time he's been a slight surplus. We've been pushing him to build. And that's very similar as well to like a lot of women will hop on board with coaching and like, and again, more often than not, I will push people to go through a building phase first. But I know when I first started online coaching, like, Hey, you want to go on a diet? Okay, perfect. Let's push that direction first. And a lot of times we'd like, okay, I'm ready for this photo shoot that I was pushing for, but I kind of just feel skinnier than I want. And again, in that example, like the solution is building more muscle, typically not like we need to push you to even leaner points. So again, this, you might gain weight, but body fat, but the actual pounds of body fat on your body stays the same. So thus body fat percentage decreases is pretty common as well. And then finally we have, you build a smaller amount of muscle and you lose a lot of fat. So this is typically for individuals who have already been following a very smart training program for a long time, but just haven't had their nutrition that dialed in. So I would say this is the most common in like coaches. So for example, when I hired my first nutrition coach, this is what happened with me big time. Like I was already training hard. I was already training super consistently but I just wasn't that consistent with my nutrition and it wasn't super specific to the physique that I wanted. So I got that super dialed in. I built a little bit of muscle just because my recovery, my training performance was so much better. And also was more dialed in on like sleep, things like that. But the biggest part of it was I got way leaner and built a little bit of muscle. So therefore I looked at a lot more muscular and I would really say like in a very long winded way, those are the three most common body recomposition scenarios that I see. Cool. Yeah. Those, yeah. It's, I think it, whenever I uh, think of body recomposition, you think of it's, it's just one thing, right? It's just lose body fat and gain muscle at the same time, but there are three different scenarios that, that could potentially happen. Um, there's a couple things you brought up in there that uh, I wanted to go off of. Um, I recently had a conversation with somebody and, and I, and on Instagram, I asked, Hey, do you think you can build muscle while losing body fat? And, and he said, Hey, I did when I started prepping and it made me think like, if you're a guy that has been weight training for some time, not really focused on your nutrition, and then you ch change something like you start you start tracking and you actually start getting enough protein in, how big of a difference do you think that can make just protein in itself? Oh, absolutely. Like, is that something where if you're not tracking that and then you do start tracking protein that you all of a sudden could be in a deficit and build some muscle at the same time? 
Oh, for sure, man. I mean, even if we look, if we're looking at just macro composition specifically, like we know all the macros have different thermic effects, right? Like protein, about 20 to 30% of the calories you should take in are going to be during, burned during digestion. Carbs are about five to 15% and fats are about zero to 5%. So we also know that protein is the raw material that your body needs to build muscle. And that's why like I'm going to take this off to a different, different topic shortly. When we're looking at building muscle, like not long ago, I released, this is the muscle building hierarchy. This is our order of priorities. Whereas like people for fat loss, look at it as overall calories, macros, micros, et cetera. The reality is when it comes to building muscle, things don't quite work in that order. The traditional like muscle and strength pyramids, it's, I, I don't personally think we should apply that to muscle or even like a, a two, like building muscle or even like in that order, even like a body recomposition, because we know that it's the overall calorie intake isn't as determinant of your body's ability to build muscle as one adequate training stimulus and two adequate protein intake and more specifically adequate nitrogen, nitrogen intake, because we know that like out of all your macros, protein is the one that contains nitrogen, which is a necessary element to build muscle. So when we're taking it back to like the overall macro composition of your diet, let's say we have an individual who's just not tracking. So without realizing it, let's say 50 to 60% of their diet is fat. Um, 20 to 30% of that is going to be carbs and a similar like 15 to 30% is going to be protein depending on the day. So there we know, again, like if we're looking to like maximize that from a thermic effect of food, they're going to be burning a lot less calories during digestion because the macro that has the lowest thermic effect is fat, which is also the majority of their food. So if we flip that to, we are eating mostly, or let's say like we just bump up to a gram per pound of body weight of protein, which for most individuals is going to be depending on where they're at about 30 to 40% of their overall calorie intake. Okay. Right away, even if calories remain the same, they're going to be burning a lot more during digestion. They're also going to, again, if they're eating that low protein, also going to have the ability to build a lot more muscle. So they'll likely be getting more out of their training. Similarly, if we're looking at carbs, which this is another very important piece that I think most people neglect, we know that like there's a threshold that we need to hit as far as fat goes for optimal hormonal health, optimal testosterone, et cetera, right? For most people, it's thought to be around 0.3 grams per pound of body weight. But past that point, we don't get a ton out of eating any additional fats. Whereas on the flip side, we know that your aerobic lactic or your anaerobic lactic system is fueled primarily by carbs. So if we're looking at like, which is just basically the energy system your body uses um, from like 15 seconds to about 60 seconds. So basically if you're looking at like a bodybuilding style of training in a nutshell, most of your training is going to be fueled by carbs. If you're short on that, you won't be able to train as intensely. So again, if we look at this like super high fat diet, they could potentially be under fueling. So increasing carbs would help them train harder. Plus we know those are also going to aid in recovery a bit. We'll refill their muscle glycogen stores, et cetera. So again, that's going to increase their ability to build more muscle. Um, and then finally, again, carbs are going to have us And the thermic effect. Isn't like if we're looking at the thermic effect of carbs versus fat, it's not a massive difference. And I don't want anyone to get that twisted, but still like across the course of a couple of months, even like going from zero to 5% with fats to like more carbs, five to 15%, that's going to make a big difference. So if we're looking at an individual that's just from like this high fat, moderate protein, low carb or um, moderate carb, low protein diet to a higher protein, moderate to high carb and relatively lower fat diet, even calories remaining the same, that is a big shift in their body composition over the course of a couple of months. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. Yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I agree with you that people, they don't realize how important, like obviously calories are going to be the most important to, to manipulate your body weight. But once you get right. that down, it is super important to start dialing in those, those macros. And like you said, protein is, and I'm sure you see this, but protein is just one of those ones that probably when you get new clients and you look over their food log, that's the one that you see that's way under always. what it needs to be. And and it's always a challenge to get clients to, to get it, you know, to get it higher. But once they do start doing that, it's like, you start seeing those clients that they, you, you get them in the habit of doing it. And next thing you know, they're, they're, they're emailing you saying like, I'm not, I'm eating more, I feel like, but I'm, I'm losing, I'm losing weight now, you know, and it's from 
getting more protein in. Um, so this is a little, uh, change in directions just a little bit here. So, and this kind of goes back to what you talked about before, but what would you say to a client that, cause I'm sure you get this and I know I get this a lot, but somebody like, um, and this is more so with, with the female clients, but you know, they're, they're killing it. They're, they're seeing progress. You know, they're seeing progress, but like, for example, the scale isn't going down as quickly as they would like to see, but you know, like, Hey, your measurements are going down. You know, you're building muscle, you're getting stronger, you're losing body fat, but they, they get so hung up on that scale. And so I wanted to just kind of get your thoughts on, you know, what, what's the conversation look like? with a client and, and what would you tell people like that, that, that struggle with that? And I'm sure that you have that pop up. Oh, absolutely. I uh, honestly, I like to lay the expectation out right from the start with a client that I know is going to be chasing a body recomposition. Look, like if you have a number on the scale that you want to hit, the reality is the physique that you want is probably heavier than you would think it is. So right out of the gate, like I'm going to talk through this because again, like, if you feel how you want, you feel amazing in your body. You feel hella confident. You're strong in the gym. You're performing great. You're as lean as you could want. Do you actually really truly care what that number is on the scale? Or it's just kind of arbitrary, right? I always like to tie this back to the example of like a back squat. Like if you, so let's say your goal is to squat 405. If you throw four plates on your side of the bar, walk out and like squat that out a half inch and bring it back up does is that really gonna like matter no it's like the fact like okay i hit i squatted 40 or 405 to full depth whatever my thighs were below my knees i was at the very least parallel okay i really truly achieved it like that's the feeling that we're chasing or or even if we're looking at it from like a hypertrophy perspective perspective like that doesn't really do shit to actually like i want to squat 405 because i want jacked quads okay we know that like that squat's gonna, not going to give you near as much as like you achieving full knee flexion and really training your quads through a very full range of motion, right? So similarly, like the number is kind of arbitrary if you're not actually getting the result that you want out of it. So typically I like to first talk clients through that right out of the gate and then very much with body recomposition clients specifically, we'll focus so much more on body measurements and training performance. How are you training? Are you seeing consistent PRs in the gym in the five to 30 rep range? Okay, cool. We know you're likely building a bit of muscle um, and our measurements decreasing. So like, okay, your glutes grew or your biceps grew. We see stomach is continually getting smaller and smaller. Okay, dope. Then again, you're recomping. So I very much just push clients to, and honestly, man, I think that's the power of having your clients take measurements super consistently. That's why all our clients take measurements week. Because really over time, I think naturally without having to talk people through it too much, when they can see how much all this other data is improving, albeit like maybe you have only lost two pounds or shit, maybe you've gained five pounds, but your body composition is improving and you have other tangible ways of measuring that, then I think pretty naturally people will kind of detach from the scale. Yeah, the definitely the the body measurements are, are the big one there. That's one thing that, you know, when I started working with you, I really started having clients track that because it is so important because, you know, you do see a lot of these clients that they, they're, the scale's not moving a ton, but you know, you just know they're getting stronger, you know, they're building muscle and it's, and it's hard to kind of relay that. And so by having them take the measurements, that's a good way to explain to clients, Hey, you're, you're seeing progress. Like, like this isn't just some made up thing, you know, like you're seeing fat loss and, and muscle being built. So. And that's why I think, dude, like it's so important to get your clients to track a lot of metrics too. I know when I was a first, I was first coaching, I made this mistake where like I would weigh my clients once a week or even once a month. And that was, and like, Hey, that'd be cool if you took progress pictures, but we weren't very systematic about it because then you are very much in a situation to like, yeah, you look like you're improving and I see you getting stronger, but it's hard for you to actually communicate that to the client as well. So I think as coaches as well, it's super important to track a lot of data so you can actually very clearly display to your clients the progress that they're actually making. Yeah, absolutely. No, and that's, again, that's something that, you know, working with you, I've, I've definitely picked up on and, and it's uh, seen huge improvements with, with my clients. So um, let's go over uh, the, the, the training side of things. So what exactly does is there any difference how, with how the training would go and how do you set up training for, for clients? 
hundred percent, dude. So, and then we're talking specific to body recomposition. So, if, yep. For body recomposition. Yep. Okay. For sure. So as far as training, man, for most people, again, because the specific outcome is build muscle. We're not talking like get really fucking good at, is this going to be an explicit podcast? You can say whatever you want. <laughs> Where's the F word on here? Um, <laughs> not talking about like getting super fucking good at snatching overhead or even like squatting a specific weight it's build muscle and lose fat simultaneously right so our training of course needs to be geared towards building muscle and again for most people this is a huge piece of what's missing now so again like i would say that a lot of clients that hop on board with us are again kind of following a more intensity based style of training because again we typically attract like these individuals that push themselves very hard just need a little bit smarter direction um for their specific goal so again like orange theory or, or even like crossfit is like well it'll leave you smashed it's not at all great for building muscle so for most people I really like to typically describe this as functional bodybuilding because we're still training like your foundational movement patterns. Like if we're looking at what's truly functional, I would say the ability to squat, hinge, lunge, push, pull, and be strong at that is like one of the most functional things you can have. Right. But again, we're training them through typically the five to 30 rep range, which we know is likely going to stimulate more hypertrophy. We're going to take longer rest periods generally. So another mistake is just going to be like people turning their training into a giant circuit. Like we're going to take longer. We're going to focus on progressive overload. First and foremost, the goal of your training program is not at all to burn calories, right? We want to overload. We want to determine like, okay, with this movement, what specific muscle or muscle groups are we trying to fatigue? And we want to make sure that is the limiting factor. So like, and there's tons of different examples of this, but like, let's say you are doing back squats in between that you're doing, uh, just cause it sounds terrible. You're doing burpees, right? Uh, yeah. And you're like <laughs> every minute on the minute you're doing five back squats, you're doing 10. So we know that to actually stimulate muscle growth again, like in your quads, it's likely that we need to get, take your quad muscles to uh, four to five reps shy of failure, right? We need to very much fatigue those quad muscles. But the problem is if we're doing burpees in between sets of squats, then we've created so much cardiovascular fatigue that the rate limiter, the thing that's actually causing you to stop the set isn't this actual, like how near your quads are to failing on the movement. It's the fact that your cardio system is gassed. So basically we need to make sure that the rate limit within each of your movements is actually the target muscle groups and not some other shit, which for most people is one of the most common mistakes. And then past that is typically, and we, if you want to get super deep into like training progressions, things like that, we can get into it as well. But typically then it's okay. We're going to be training most of the time with one to three reps left in the tank. Sometimes we'll push that to zero reps left in the tank. Sometimes it'll be four reps left in the tank. And that depends a little bit more on how advanced the individual is as well. And again, like I would say that most people chasing body recomposition, if you are brand new to smart training, you can absolutely do it training three times a week, full body or four times a week upper lower very much depending on, I think most individuals can get great results on either of those splits just in general um very much depending on how much time you have available you'll likely because four times a week upper lower is a little bit more volume so you'll likely recomp a little bit faster yet on that i would say that most beginners that are like brand new to it wouldn't need much more than that um and i mean you could also set that up as like a push pull push pull split four times a week but i would i would like there i think fatigue is a little bit higher typically and if calories aren't going to be super high in a recomp regardless. So it's like, like a full body or an upper lower split is typically the way to go. But past that point, I mean, again, then we're just building that around at least twice a week. We're training these foundational movement patterns, squat, hinge, lunge, push, pull, right? So there we've hit at least twice a week frequency. And again, making sure that it's truly like, I can't explain enough how important this is the target muscles are the actual rate limiter within each movement. Does all that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So, and it's funny, you know, you, you brought up, it's like everyone thinks that they need to do the super intense workout, but really it just comes down to making sure that 
you know, with, when it comes to building muscle, it's making sure that you're hitting the target muscle and you're going fairly close to failure. You don't have to go to failure every time, but again, it's making sure that, that the, the muscle you're trying to hit, say you're doing squats, you're trying to hit your quads. You're making sure that that's the muscle that's being hit. Not, you know, if you're doing squats, you're hitting, you don't want to hit your upper body or something like that. Right. So, um, go ahead. And that's what, like, if we look at even like, and we could get su- super deep into like exercise selection as well, because like, if we're looking at, okay, I want my real limit to be the quads. So am I, get, am I going to do like a searcher squat? Probably not. <laughs> my elbow is blowing up my limiter, but my quads probably not. So again, I think it, it very much ties into too, just like being smart with your exercise selection, but that's also likely a whole podcast in itself. Yeah. Exer- yeah. Exercise selection for muscle hypertrophy is, is you can go super in depth in it. Um, but, but I think that's a good takeaway for people though, is just, Hey, make sure that, you know, you're training, whatever, make sure you're hitting your muscle groups at least twice a week and that whatever exercise you're choosing, it's hitting that target muscle. You know, um, I think that's a, that's a great takeaway. So this is still training ish, but as far as cardio goes, what, what do you recommend for that? Cause I know that's going to be something that again, you know, you hit on it just a minute ago. Training doesn't need to be this super intense. You don't have to leave. You don't have to feel super beat up after each session. Right. And that's a very common misconception with, with getting in shape, right? It's, it, people think that they just need to do the, the toughest workout in the world and that's, what's going to get progress. And, you know, we find out that that's not really the case. And so I'm interested to hear your thoughts on the, on the cardio side of things, you know, what does that look like? Um, so yeah, if you want to dig into that a little bit. So first and foremost, I would say, unless it's, a unless it's needed, I'm typically pretty slow to implement traditional cardio. So like, you know, this as well as anyone through your entire photo shoot prep, we never once had you do a single cardio session. We just had you ensure that you were hitting a step goal because we do know that like across the course of a diet. And so this also is kind of going to depend on this very much depends individual to individual, because again, like, is it more a body recomposition where you are in a slight deficit and we're pushing you for fat loss where we focus purely on building muscle? So the reality is like most individuals where again, my client, Eric is a good example where we were just pushing him to build despite him thinking like he needed to be in an aggressive diet. So like for him, he naturally has a very high movement level. So if anything, I'm kind of pushing him to like, all right, dude, we need to dial this back a little bit because it's hard for you, hard for us to get you to eat enough already to actually build muscle and gain weight at the rate that we want to continue this recomp going. So in like a situation like that, it's, Hey, for overall health, it's smart to make sure you're at at least 5,000 steps per day. But the reality is again, like for individuals like that, they're typically going to be like 10 to 15,000 steps per day. And I'm going on like three to four intense bike rides per week and things like that. So in situations like that, it's more like, Hey, let's see if we can rein this back just a little bit. On the flip side, if we're looking at someone who is more geared towards fat loss, again, for most individuals, if we're looking at like calories burned and a 30 minute incline walking session, most people, it's for most people, it's going to be much easier to like, Hey, I'm just going to drop hundred calories from my nutrition than it is to like, I'm going to add in three 30 or 40 minute incline walking sessions per week into my training. Right. So first and foremost, I think that like, I like to establish what's a realistic step goal for you. What's something you hit every day? Because again, otherwise we know that like, if it's someone who is dieting, it's likely that if we don't have a consistent movement target without them realizing it, they will be fidgeting less, pacing less, blinking less, et cetera. Basically they'll, their body as calories in decrease, their body will kind of try to put the brakes on calories out as well. So having some type of consistent movement target just to make sure that calories out are consistent and we can adjust calories in around that is important. Um, past that point, again, I like to focus more on nutrition as the modality of fat loss. So really we won't, unless it's necessary or someone that very much enjoys cardio, I typically won't add it. Now past that point, and honestly, this was something that I was surprised at Christopher Barricat's take on this. So my, my, the way I've always seen this is in a body recomposition scenario and very much his take was just whatever the individual can stick to. So like for some people, the reality is like a physique competitor, for example, like they're deep in prep. 
they just can't cut that many more calories. And for them, they'd rather do a hit session and burn a lot of calories in like 20 minutes than like do a longer steady state session. But typically how I look at this for body recomposition specifically is to me, it makes sense that doing more aerobic work would likely be more beneficial if we do have to add cardio because we already know, okay, our goals are to build muscle and lose fat, right? If you're in a deficit, your body needs a certain amount of recovery resources to actually repair your muscles and build bigger, stronger muscles, right? So when we're in a deficit, calories, AKA recovery resources are already limited. We want as many recovery resources as possible being shuttled to your muscles. So if your modality of cardio is something super intense and that's kind of stealing those recovery resources, then it could potentially hinder your ability to make gains. So personally, like when I prescribe cardio now, again, like above all of this is adherence, right? So if I'm going to give a client like, Hey, do three, three 30 minute list sessions per week at a heart rate of 120 to 140 beats per minute. And they say, yeah, like I fucking hate that. I'm not going to do that. Then it doesn't really matter. So, okay. Like maybe you are a better hit for, or a better fit for twice a week hit sessions. But like in the most ideal world, to me, it makes sense that we would keep it to aerobic work, which again is typically like, if we're looking at heart rate specifically, like we're going to try to keep it probably below 150 beats per minute and keep it more like, typically we could look at it as like lists or even like some miss um, or moderate intensity steady state. But like generally I like to prescribe, Hey, we're going to keep this somewhere from 120 to 150 beats per minute. Um, and it could be, it could be something like rower intervals. It could be just incline walking. But to me, again, like we know that the aerobic system training your aerobic system, building a better aerobic base is actually going to allow your body to get back into a parasympathetic state or basically a rest and digest, a recovered state quicker. It's also going to, so it's essentially going to help your recovery a little bit. We'll also burn calories. Whereas a hit a more intense modality of training is going to kind of pull those recovery resources away from your muscles to an extent. So to me, that makes more sense, but that would just be a thing like as needed, we'll implement that. But again, we want to keep it to the minimum effective dose. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on that as well, too. Yeah, so it sounds like for the most part, you, you lean more towards, hey, we're going to do things that are not as intense, uh, right. correct? Yeah. And, and the main reason being, you know, yeah, doing more intense stuff again, you're going to feel like you're, you're working hard and you could potentially burn more calories during that time. But where the, the, the big issue is the recovery aspect of it, though. That's why you're looking at, uh, lower in that and making sure that it is something like steps. Um, exactly. Right. Or yeah. Lower intensity, like modality of like the rowing machine at, again, we're kind of, we have this threshold. We don't want to go past this point in intensity or like an assault bike at a lower intensity, anything of that manner. Um, to me, it makes more sense anyways. Well, and too, and I'm sure you, this is something that you've thought about, but I think the cool thing with the steps is that, it's your daily activity for the day. It's not, you know, people right. think of working out as just this like hour or two out of the day, but really, you know, if you're, if you're trying to lose body fat, you need to make sure that you're, you're moving around most of the day and you can also get other things done while you're doing that too. You know, you're, if you want to clean your house, do yard work, whatever, you know, it's like killing two birds with, with one stone. Um, so, so I agree with you. I love prescribing steps over higher intensity, uh, cardio stuff. Um, Absolutely. And I think a lot of people would be happy to hear that too, because a lot of people don't really like to do that <laughs> higher intensity stuff. Um, I don't know if this way for you, but I feel like most everyone would hop on a call with, they're like, yeah, I, cardio is like, it's like, oh, hey, actually like cardio is our last priority. And people are always so relieved to hear that. It's, it cracks me up. It, it, no, it is crazy that most people, they, they think that in order to, to, to lean out, that there's going to have to be some super high, uh, um, volume of, of cardio that they're, that we're going to prescribe to them. And r rarely is that the case. I've n usually no more than two days a week, or am I doing anything, uh, in terms right. of cardio? So. Right. And I think from a long game perspective too, man, like the best, what we give people as coaches is to truly change somebody's life for the long term. It's not going to be like, it's going to be giving them methods that they actually enjoy. Right. So the thing, the dope thing about training is, 
most people, when you get them focused on a smart training program, they get some feeling good. They see themselves building muscle and they can like also see themselves getting stronger in the gym. Most people get hyped up about that. Like, okay, I want to beat what I did last week. And it gets addictive. And then when it flips from like, I always say this, like when a client mentions something about like, they're stoked about their PRs that they're hitting or they're excited to go to the gym. That's when we know we won. Because again, whereas in the past training is something to them like, oh, I fucking hate it, but I have to do it to like, I want to do this shit long game. Even if they are just training like twice a week over the course of years, their physique, their health, their life is going to be so much better. Right. No, absolutely. That's, uh, that is one of the coolest things that seeing people to, to go from, they don't like doing it to wanting to be able to do it. Cause like you said, that's, what's going to pay off in the long, long run. Like you're not going to get your quote unquote dream body in, in 12 weeks. You know, it's a, it's a process. Right. Like, I mean, me and you have been trained for years and we're still not anywhere close to it. Um, not even close. but yeah, so as far as, uh, just to, so I feel like we got the training part down. Um, we, we spoke on nutrition a little bit earlier, but if we could just quickly go into that just real quick, um, as far as, uh, like macros and calories go, I know that that's a pretty broad question, but it, what would be some general recommendations there for, for that? Yeah. So kind of like we alluded to before for most, I would say everyone would benefit from having a high protein intake here. So at the bare minimum, around 0.8 grams of protein per pound of body weight. I know there's a lot of research that shows like, I don't know if you've dived into any of Mental Hinselman's like refuting the one gram of protein per pound of body weight myth, but basically it seems to be that for muscle building purposes specifically, we just need about 0.8 grams of protein per pound of body weight. And he even talks about like in a deficit. Um, and there's so many different factors there as well, like protein quality, et cetera, but not super relevant to this conversation. Um, then I would say that for most people, again, just to take advantage of that thermic effect, the fact that if you were specifically, if it's a body recomposition, where we're focusing heavily on fat loss and you're dieting, protein is going to be the most satiating macro. So it's going to help keep you full across the course of the diet. I would say for most individuals, one to 1.2 grams of protein per pound of body weight is a good rule of thumb. Past that point, again, we want to make sure that you have adequate fat. So for most people, that's going to push you at about 0.3 to 0.4 grams per pound of body weight. Most women, I'll push a little bit closer to like 0.4 grams just because women tend to need a little bit more fat to feel better. Um, overall, just hormonal systems are a little bit more sensitive. And then it makes sense to fill the rest of those calories with carbs. Because again, as we talked about, like this is kind of like the cutoff point past this. We aren't going to get a ton out of more fat, but for both your training performance and your recovery, as you keep increasing carbs to a certain extent, which honestly the ceiling is pretty high, we're going to keep seeing additional benefits by ramping up carbs. So for a body recomposition where your training performance and your ability to recover is such a big piece of this, it makes sense to, again, like fill the rest of that gap with carbs. Does that all make sense? Yep. So, so main thing is get, get your protein, uh, figured out first, make, make sure it's around about one gram per pound of body weight, give or take, you know, a little bit, um, and then find your minimum fat number and then fill in the rest with, with carbs. Exactly. Dude. Cool. And, and so say somebody goes a couple weeks and they're not seeing the progress they want, what, what does the adjustment look like there? Is it, is it, you know, are you, are you making a lot of adjustments with this or is it usually pretty like, Hey, once somebody starts on a certain macros and calories or sticking with it, or, or what does that look like? So we'll absolutely adjust. We'll absolutely make quite a few adjustments around this in a fat loss scenario. So like typically hunger is a pretty good metric for us to look at here. Like in, if it's a body recomp where we know they're chasing fat loss, but Hey, like I'm not losing fat. Like if if hunger is low and they're not building muscle, we know, okay, like something, something's going on in the training program here. And honestly, like that's, let's see some form videos. Let's actually gauge your effort. Um, let's look at the data. Like what are your numbers? Like, are you progressing? Or are you truly pushing yourself within your training? Okay, cool. Then there, like we know as long as you're getting your protein intake, you should be making progress there. So then we can assume that like the issue is like, they're not losing fat. Right. So in a scenario like that, then again, we'll first and foremost, like, where is hunger at? The reality is most of the time in a diet, there should be some hunger present. There are those lucky individuals who just aren't that hungry across the course of a diet. 
but also like in a recomp, we don't want someone to be super hungry most of the time, because again, like with the goal being to build muscle at the same time, muscle is a pretty calorically expensive tissue, right? So if you're sending your body the signal, the calories are low, which we can assume if you're very, very hungry, like I would say like a four out of five, then your body is probably not going to prioritize building muscle. So on the flip side, if, and I know you use the same, um, hunger scale that I do, if we have a client that like hunger is consistently one out of five, okay, we likely just need to get a little bit more aggressive with macros, right? So I typically would say like in a recomp scenario, a two to a three, most of the time, We'll just, after we've established that initial baseline, okay, we're not seeing any progress. We're going to decrease your overall macros by 5%. I like to be, typically, anytime we make a macro adjustment, it's just 5 to 10%. That's typically enough to get progress rolling. And again, in a recomp specifically, we're going to be a little bit less aggressive in making any calorie decreases. So it'll probably air closer to 5%. No matter what, protein intake is going to stay about the same. Um, you might have some leeway there right at the start as far as fat goes. So you could pull some of these calories from fat, some from carbs. Um, I would say if you have a lot of leeway and Pat will pull those almost exclusively, exclusively from fat. And then I would just, again, like 5%, five to probably seven and a half percent is about as aggressive as you would need to get to see the changes you wanted. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. So, so you're, you're ba- the main thing is you're looking at their hunger. Um, if hunger is, is super high, uh, we're probably not building muscle. So we need to probably add in a little bit of food. Um, if hunger super low and and they're not seeing the fat loss and we need to drop the calories a bit mainly from carbs and fats but keep protein the same right right and on the flip side of that like with that client who their number one goal is is to build muscle a lot of times we'll see like weight is staying the same but hunger was super super high this week okay in that case hey we're gonna bump calories up a little bit more because again we know like the number one outcome that you need to achieve the physique you want is more muscle. And you're just not in an optimal state for that right now. So like, I know that you want to stay as lean as possible. I always laid out to people like this, like specifically when we're looking at like our number one focus is building. We can shed fat off your body very, very quickly. Fat loss is a very quick process. Building muscle is a very slow process. We can shed that fat very quickly. If like this bump does happen to make you gain like over the next month, a pound of fat, you can lose that in a week. We can't go back and make up for months of you spinning your wheels because we were too conservative with increasing your calories. Yeah, no, that, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, that, that is one thing that I think people don't realize is, is muscle is in my opinion, much harder. Fat loss is way easier than muscle is to gain. And so, you know, you can take advantage of that. Um, for sure. And so if you, if your goal is ultimately to build muscle, which like you said, for most clients, we want to see muscle being built to change their physique. You definitely want to probably caution more on maybe increasing calories a little bit or being a little bit on the higher side for, for, for most people. Absolutely. dude. And again, I think that's a big mindset shift for most people, but again, like many people spin their wheels for years, just again, taking it back to the example of the client that's quote unquote skinny fat because they haven't spent any dedicated time focusing on building. Yep. No, absolutely. That's, that's definitely the thing that I've changed my mind on the most. And I've become just a huge, I just propone, you know, I'm just huge on getting people to, to build muscle. Um, I think that you can never go wrong with building more muscle. Um, so cool. So yeah, sorry. I cut you, I cut you off there. Say that again. No, man, I couldn't agree more again. Like, like I said, like even at the start of this, like most recomps, I would say probably 70 to 80% of the people that hop on board to recomp now, we're going to push them to build right out of the gate. Just because as you know, man, most everyone additional muscle is going to be needed, going to need to be added to their frame at some point to achieve the physiques they want. And it makes sense. Like this is your first time following a smart training program and having your nutrition dialed in simultaneously. So we know we're going to get, you're going to get the most, like the quickest gains right out of the gate. It makes sense for us to feel your body optimally right out of the gate. And then like in six months, when that slows down, if you have any extra fat to shed off, we can do it at that time, but let's take advantage of this period. You can make the quickest progress with your training regardless. Yeah. And, and so we're, we're running short on time here. I just wanted to get a couple more questions in real quick. So, and you just kind of hit on it actually on my next question. How long can somebody expect to be able to, to recomp? I would again, it depends on the individual. Yeah. I would say a beginner, maybe six to eight months. 
as someone gets more advanced, and again, we can see like these very, very slow recomps over the course of like nine months, even for more like intermediate individuals, I would say if you have a solid training history, probably three to five months at the max. If you are more new to this, closer to six to nine months. But regardless, again, the thing to realize is this can't go on for forever. And at a certain point, it does get to be counterproductive to where like, hey, we do just need to choose one direction that we're going to go like, cool, we saw a crazy recon for the first eight months of this. But now like us trying to do both at the same time is actually going to yield slower progress long term than we're going to go hard and build muscle for a bit, then go through an aggressive fat loss phase. That's almost like the, uh, it's like intermediate part two, almost in a way where it's like, you know, that first intermediate stage is just like getting your training and nutrition like dialed in. You see recomp from that. And then once you kind of wear out those gains and it's like, all right, part two now is now we got to decide, Hey, are you going to do fat loss or, or muscle gain? So exactly. That's the perfect analogy for it. Yeah. Um, so last thing, uh, and this, I think is a good thing to leave off on. So, uh, what, what would you say are, and you can kind of pick and choose here on this. What, what would be a couple common mistakes you see or some common myths with, uh, recomping and you can choose either one. I would say. The most common myth is that you can't straight up as this whole podcast has talked about, you can't build muscle and lose fat at the same time. It is very doable. Many studies show it. Thousands of thousands of anecdotal experiences show it. I know we both have hundreds of clients we've seen do it personally. Um, I would say the most common mistake is thinking that you always need to be in a deficit. Again, I would argue that for most people, you probably need to spend at good amount of time in a surplus and it's probably more i would think from i think most individuals think that they need to lose more fat to recomp whereas most individuals who are in a good position to recomp or that want to recomp rather than just lose fat they actually don't have the seeks that they want because they need to build more muscle yeah no i think i think those are all those are both great points yeah um and just i, I think it's important to go over you know the the common mistakes there on it and, and, and everything like that so cool man i i appreciate that i was very informative um, great first episode, uh, a lot of, a lot of great information on there. So, uh, before we head off, where, where can people uh, find you and where's the best, uh, I know you have your, your, your podcast, which is, which is doing great. You have a ton of great guests on there. So if you want to maybe lead Absolutely. people to there. Absolutely, man. So first of all, brother, thank you for having me again, dude, it's been super fun to watch you grow over the last couple months. And I'm so to see what you do with this as well, because again, I think more people need to hear what you have to say. Um, so I'm so to see this grow, but you can check me out. My podcast is living lean. Um, it's on all your normal podcast platforms. Um, follow me on Instagram at Jeremiah bear, my website. We drop blogs every week, super in depth, super informative. That is barefit.com B A I R F I T. And that is pretty much it for me, dude. Cool. Um, again, thank you for coming on, man. Uh, super informative. And uh, that's it for today. Dope. Thanks for having me, man.